Attack my sermon this morning as we start this new series called uh, This Message of the Kingdom. Read with me from Matthew chapter 24 and verse 3. Let's lay a foundation. Um, verse 1 is, is good. Now as he sat, it's fine, Matthew 24 and verse 1. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when will these things be? They're looking for a time. Of when the kingdom will be established. And he says, and what will be the sign of your coming? He says, I'm coming back. Give us signs. He says, and, and the end of the age. And he begins to throw some things out. And he says, um, next verse. Verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. That's my prayer for this generation. My God. It's really a prayer for this degeneration because there's so much, so many voices and so many paths you can travel down and so many ways you can go and so much of deception in the air and who to believe. For many, not one, many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Somebody say no trouble here. Say don't, don't let your heart be troubled, man. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines. You understand why we have to grow your own? Pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Never seen the shaking of a world like we're seeing it in the season. All these things are the, is the what? The end of sorrows? Is the beginning. So what's still to come? If this is only the beginning. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. Hello. And you'll be hated by all nations for my, my name's sake. And then many will be offended. It's happening already. I've never seen the church so divided. Offended over rubbish. I mean, the one is saying like, this is the week we're going to go and make sure every, all the provisions go to KwaZulu Natal. And everybody must get involved because you must get out of the church and you must go to, and you must go to, to, to KwaZulu Natal. Panic. Another one, the same time as this is finished, I hop into a different conference and that Advocate is saying, he says, we are marching to the union buildings because we want the churches to be open. We're not running after government's agenda. Then someone else is crying and saying, I don't know what you people in the churches and you know, you just want money from the people. Are you kidding me? And the church is so divided and offended because one person's got one thing to do. I'm asking the question, can we not have it all happening at the same time? Can we not have the church open? Can we not march to the union buildings? Can we not go and feed the poor? Can we not build our own hospitals? Can we not build our own schools? Can we not go and do what the kingdom's supposed to do and take over with the influence of the kingdom? I need a church to shout amen. Why should it be either or? Why are you fighting us? Somebody must stay home and pray. 
Others have got the tools and the equipment and the trucks to make it happen. Others got the legal understanding of how to deal with government and, and how to go to the courts. Others are educators that know how to build education systems. Others are entrepreneurs that know how to make billions. Come on, speak to me. Others are in media. Others are in arts and entertainment. Is this not the kingdom of God? This message must be preached. We do still need the teachers in the house of God. We still need you to teach. We still need to evangelize. We still need to lay structures and, and do what God has called us to do. This myopic view about church is gone for this generation. You are supposed to have it all. Tell your neighbor we're supposed to have it all. Because when every gift manifests, the kingdom is there. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, hate. <laughs> will hate one another. How can you create division? Because, I mean, look, it's your body. You can vaccinate if you want, right? How can I hate on you for that? But how can you hate on me for not wanting it? I mean, make your choice. It's your body. Then many false prophets, I mean, you see them, will rise up and deceive many. Deception is going to be the number one thing that you need to be aware of in the season. Moving forward, not even the season, moving forward, it's going to get worse. The deception. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he, someone say, but me. But me who endures to the end, I shall be saved. <laughs> you are not supposed to run with the crowd and play Pokemons. You're supposed to go and follow the kingdom. And he says to him, he says, now this is the foundational scripture where we're going to the series. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Not some nations, all nations, all the world. And then... The end will come. The title of my sermon this morning is The Message, The Witness, The End. Matthew 24, verse 14. He says, there is a message. That's what the gospel means. It means good news. It's, it's the message of the kingdom. It will be preached. Now, I don't know what you want to do, but God's got a plan in the earth, and God said it will be preached. Now, you can live away from the kingdom and you can live outside of the kingdom your whole life and you don't care about the message or you refuse the message. It does not matter. You will die outside of the kingdom of God and God will wait for a generation that will say, I will be part of a generation that must preach this kingdom. Because every person in the world is looking for this kingdom. The three things we need to understand as we enter into this. Please take notes. Because if you're going to be the one that carries the message, you need to understand it. You have to first become a carrier of it. So that you can become a witness. Let's understand the message of the kingdom. The gospel means good news. This gospel of the kingdom, it's good news. It means there's a message. 
this, this message we're going to preach about in the next couple of weeks and unpack what is this kingdom? Why is this message so critical? What is it about a message that God would not send an angel, would not send fire, He would send His Son to carry a message to a generation? What is it about this message that makes the devil so mad? What is it about this message that has been hidden from, from generation to generation? That up until the time I went to Bible college, there was no teaching on the kingdom. That even the teachers were, didn't have this understanding about the, the, the kingdom. And yet this generation needs this message more than ever. Because everything that God is going to do is done already. And it's locked up in His kingdom. I said, everything that God wants to do, He's done already. If you don't get the message, that is not God's fault. My job is to deliver this message. Many people say, no, it's the cross, you must be saved. Yes, for heaven you must be saved. But if God's intention was for you to be in heaven and to live in heaven, you would have been born there. You were born into the earth. So you need to come in and understand the kingdom of God. And there's so much to understand, we're going to run out of time, even time on earth, before we can exhaust this message. There's so much in this, but everything you're looking for is found in this message. And until we bring this message to this generation, they're going to perish. It's an urgency. Are you hearing me, preacher, teacher, apostle? evangelist. The cross was not the end. The cross was a means to the end. Jesus spent 40 days after that with a message. And this is where it becomes what we call a witness. When you carry this message, can you believe it? It's just a message, man. It's just a message. It's just, it's just believing this particular thing called the kingdom. It's just holding on to this word. It's just understanding what this kingdom's about. And that then turns you into a witness. So the message is one. We're going to be spending time unpacking the message. But the second thing about this thing is the witness. And God wants you to be a witness in the season. So what is a witness? It's to give evidence or to bear testimony. That which furnishes evidence or proof. One who gives testimony means to see or to know by personal experience. When somebody gets the kingdom message, you're going to begin, then begin to have an encounter with the message, which makes you a witness on the scene. To see so as to establish or to authenticate a thing. He says, this message must be preached in all the nations, all the world. And then, as a witness, and then the end will come. So, when you accept the message of the kingdom, and you begin to function out of this message, God then puts you on the crime scene. So you can say, I was there. One year ago, it's noonday, and 
We were fasting. We only eat after 12. So it's our day off. And we studying, praying, and preparing the normal setup. His pastor, he goes out in the morning, makes some coffee, brings the coffee in, closes our door, opens the back door so the helper can come in. And so she begins to work, but she knows she can't come in at the door. At noonday, the sun hits the best on my window. So, I, I mean, as great as it is, I can't see out. The story was, I mean, we shared the testimony over and over again. That they broke through the gate, locked her up, four or five of them, guns, walked into my house. They asked, where, where are the people? Because our car wasn't there. Someone else was using our car. And she said, they're in the house. They didn't believe. They walked in. They took my television, the old one, in my lounge, and left. They heard my voice, or angels, or whatever, but disappeared. And we came out there like maybe 40, 40 minutes later. Pastor is asking the helper, why are you locked up in this room? She said, there were robbers here. It's like, where? How? With who? What were they doing? She's sitting and weeping. She says, they were in the house. We're sitting in a bedroom. How vulnerable must you be sitting in your bed? I heard nothing. We heard nothing. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. We became the witnesses on the crime scene that the kingdom is real. I need somebody to believe this morning that the kingdom is a real place with power, with provision, and with God's protection. A bigger shout and an amen from you this morning because God will take you all the way to the courts and give you favor in the courts. God will take you all the way through a valley and take care of you in the wilderness and feed you through a flinty rock. Come on, somebody. What is God doing when you go through trouble? God is making you a witness. He's bringing you onto the scene and saying, I was at the courts. And God gave me favor when they said, yes, it's time to execute on that property. God says, stay of execution. I was there. Is there anybody going to be a witness for the kingdom of God? Come on, somebody. We had no transport. But God, where we were looking to pay off transport, God gave a God idea and supplied. Come on, somebody. If you've been through COVID and you were at the door of death and the devil said, it is over. God said, not yet, not now. Brought them out of the ICU, brought them out of comas. Come on, Pastor Brian, you need to give God some praise and give God some glory because I was a witness. Because God is making His people a witness of the kingdom. You're going to start to see God move like never before. Where the enemy will run and run and nobody's chasing him. And then you have to give me a brand new TV because of that. You can't touch my life. Because when you come into the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, please. For the kingdom of God, read with me, is not in, but in. It's not in word, but it's in power. 
That means when you preach the word, that's not all you're getting. This is not a classroom you're sitting in where your teacher's teaching you maths. Where you're dealing with, I got one, two, seven cheeses in my fridge. And a washing machine and boxes and That is not a classroom. This is not a classroom. This is, it comes with power. When you accept the message, power manifests all over you, so you become a witness. That means the nation will experience the power and they will see evidence of the workings of his kingdom. Acts chapter 1 verse 3, the former account, I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus, this is after his resurrection, because the cross is not the end, it's a means to the end. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Proofs. He had to prove to them. He said, let me show you that the kingdom is working here. Let me show you that I'm alive and I'm going to show you the power of the kingdom that no matter what you go through, you're going to come through on the other side because the kingdom is so powerful. There'll be proofs all over you that God is on your side. Is there anybody going to give God some praise this morning? Being seen by them during 40 days. Now, not he's not even speaking about his crucifixion. He's talking about the 40 days being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Please type this out. When a miracle takes place, it's evidence that God's kingdom is at work in your midst. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 28. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Surely the kingdom of God. It's deliverance. When somebody gets delivered from, from any kind of perversion or harassment of the enemy, that means the kingdom culture has come into a place. The kingdom of God has come upon you. It's proof. Miracles are proof that the kingdom is in our midst. When you're finding something that the, the, the doctors have written off and say there's no way they can come out, when the miracle takes place, it's proof that the kingdom is here. Please type this out. One testimony is worth a thousand sermons. The world's not looking for your sermon anymore, pastor. He's not looking for your preaching. They're not look they want miracles. They want signs and wonders. I am telling you, this is the year. They're going to wonder how you never lost your mind. That's what it means. They're going to wonder how you scaled up that business. They're going to wonder how you never lost your house. 
They're going to wonder how. They Come on, it's signs and wonders. God's going to scale your life up this year like never before. And the world's going to be, you're going to become a sign and a wonder of God's goodness. Come on, somebody. When God does it in your life, you're going to be able to say, here's the message. Here's the message. This is the message that I'm preaching. How is it that you didn't lose your mind? Come on, somebody. This is the message. Come on, lift your hand and say, this is the message. How did God provide for you? And it was this miracle provision. Come on, somebody say, this is the message. This is the message. The Bible says, this message must be preached as a witness. So when I'm holding the message, I become a witness. A thousand will fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand. The disaster at noonday will not touch your house. I prophesied over somebody right now, the disaster that the enemy planned at noonday will not happen. Ronaldo, I cut off the work of wickedness of the enemy against your household because you are in the kingdom of God where there is no worry. Come on, somebody. The world's looking for evidence. I'm watching all the our people are saying, well, we're crying out for revival, God. Let me, let me show you how revival works. Revival is when people have proof that God's alive. That's revival. Let me give you scripture to back what I'm saying. So, jo- so Jacob, you know the story with Joseph, his son, he's 17 years old. This boy goes and uh, the brothers come back, they, they, throw, they hate him, they throw him into a pit. He has a dream inside of him. They go back and tell the father that the boy died, he's got, he got eaten. But Joseph was taken into Egypt, and there Joseph, God works with him for about, about 25 years. And so Joseph goes through all that, he goes through the pit, he goes through the training in the palace, he ends up in prison, and it's, it's, it's 20, you know, 17 years later, the dream comes to pass, he, he, Pharaoh needs an answer to his, his problem, and, and Joseph comes out. They said, there's a guy that can answer your problem, that can interpret your dream. But now, Jacob has got his, his 11 sons, and he's concerned, he's an old man, and he's concerned about Joseph. But Jacob goes, and um, the famine comes, and he has to send his boys to go and fetch grain in Egypt. And so they back and forth, and there's a whole story that goes with that. But here's really interesting, because in the time of famine, the church should be prepared. The church should not be standing in a queue. If we are doing what God has called us to do, the kingdom will be able to plant, harvest, build businesses, and do what God has called us to do. This is the moment we're standing in. And so when Joe, J, uh, the, the sons go and, and, and they come back and they tell Joseph, look, they, they tell the father, look, actually, um, your son's alive. And he, he takes Benjamin first and, and brings him back. And so the father is really, he's messed up as, as a father because he's lost all his sons. And Benjamin and Joseph came from the woman that he loved. Genesis chapter 45 and verse 27. So eventually they've got to go back to the dad. And watch now the revelation. Then they went out, up out of Egypt. The sons had to go back, fetch more grain, and go and come back and fetch the dad. And came to the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. Verse 26. Verse 26. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive. 
What is the world looking for? The message that Jesus is still alive. Joseph is a type of Jesus. You can't see him, but he's still alive. The world is not going to go and Jacob who represents the world. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Come on, he's ruler over all the earth. And Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. So they come with the message. They come with the message. The message is not enough. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and what? And when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, revival took place. It's not just the message. It's the proof. Somebody in the season is going to walk around with a cart. Come on. You're not going to be stealing from someone else and saying, my carts are full. We know the message. We know where you got that stuff from. But when you're getting provisions from the kingdom of God, and God does things supernatural upon your life that you never stole from someone else, come on, where's the church in the season? That God is calling you to have the evidence. I see you 2021. I see you pulling a cart and the evidence. Look what the Lord has done. Come on. I need somebody to walk around a little bit and say, look at my families in this place. Look what the Lord has done. Look at the blessing of the Lord. Come on. Look at the increase in my life. Come on. There's not going to just be a message. There's going to be a witness. There's going to be evidence. There's going to be proof. You're going to become a witness for the kingdom of God. You're going to have a testimony of not just healing, but provision. Not just peace, but of joy. I need somebody to begin to believe that you're going to be a witness for the kingdom of God. I I want somebody to hear me. Glory be to God. They're not interested in the message. They're looking for the cards. The world is looking for evidence. Listen to me, daughter. You understand the importance of you. You could not be a preacher in Jewish places. You want to be a teacher. Jesus could not go before his time and teach. Let me tell you what the Lord did. You can't just teach. When we train you up in our schools, we wait until you are 30 to find out the evidence of what you're preaching. You're not going to preach before your time. We need proof that what you're preaching actually works. That's how it worked. That's why Jesus, when he was 30 years old, started his ministry. Because all around you must be the evidence. What do we do? We run to any prophet, any message. Why don't you go look at the fruit of their lives? Why don't you go and buy their fruit? You will know them. You weren't supposed to come in. The Bible says, you know, the people say, you know, you need to practice what you preach. No, 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 not in the kingdom. You must preach what you practiced. And if it's not working in your life, why export something that doesn't work at home? Your marriage ain't working, but you want to preach to me about your marriage, of how to heal your marriage. There was one guy that wrote the book, invited Dr. Winston to come and teach, and said, 21 days, how to become a billionaire. And so Dr. Winston said, well, here's, here's my flight for my fuel, my private jet. He says, we'll, we'll get you four business first class tickets. 
business class. I said to Dr. Winston, so why don't we just ask him, wait until 21 days. Then you must a billionaire. Then you can bring your plane and come and pick the man up and you can fly back then. But don't come and claim stuff, man. We're so tired of people claiming that they're doing this and doing that. Where's the proof, man? Where the world's looking for evidence. I mean, if God is God, let him be in your life. Where is the money? Where is the increase? Where in the midst of famine, if this kingdom is real, it was made for hostile environments. It's not the time for you to go and hide somewhere and run to the world for cover. I mean, is Christ your healer? One amen. One amen. I mean, can God provide for you in a wilderness season? Can God heal? Can God deliver? Or is it that you've got the wrong message? You are told to come to church, but you can't function in the world. You can't have dominion. Listen to me, when you're speaking about the kingdom of God, it's an invitation to rulership. God's not trying to impress you here. With the, I'm not trying to impress you with the kingdom message. This is about, when, you, when God gives you revelation, it's an invitation. And God is saying, come. When Jesus is walking on water, it's not to impress the, the disciples. It's, he's waiting for one person to say, can I also come? Experience it. All the other disciples heard a message, saw the evidence. God is calling for your life to become a witness of the kingdom. And I tell you why there's no, there are no witnesses. Is because they have the wrong message. You were told to go to church. You were told to how, how you need to, you know, say amen and hallelujah and oh most glorious God, you are so eternal. No, show me the proof. Show us that what you're preaching works. It's coming. This generation is looking for revival, but I'm telling you it's coming with proof of miracles and financial breakthrough and all that comes with us. And for many times, I mean, you know, the call of God upon my life is in Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, I've called you to uproot, to pull out, to break down, to build and to plant. To build and to plant is, is the easiest thing for me. I, it's, it's great. We've got a whole lot of things we're doing and it's awesome to see it. Let me tell you what my biggest problem is. is to pull out what God never planted in people. For years, you're locked up into a world system, depending upon the world. And you come into the kingdom, you've been clapping your hands every Sunday. Now comes the testing of your life out in the world. Did you really believe in Jesus? It's coming. Do you really believe that He's your provider? You're singing it all, all along. Where's the proof, man? The world's looking for evidence. The, Lord, the world's looking for a witness. They want to know that when you lay hands on the sick, you know, I'm, I'm hearing this week about how women, I mean, I heard three of them in one week about how they took anointing oil. Couldn't wait for pastors, couldn't, couldn't wait for the church. Their husbands are dying. The children are in trouble. So apparently this anointing oil that Pastor Z gave us is most not for decoration. It's for use. Let's put this anointing. I'm hearing the one who just like put it in the house. He says, 
you know, somebody was in a house that was that had COVID. She went, she put anointing on the door, but she says, not here. There'll be no COVID here. We drive this thing out in Jesus' name. Not waiting for a pastor, not waiting for somebody especially anointed, because they're operating in the kingdom of God. Because wherever the soles of your feet tread, God has given to you. Is anybody hearing the kingdom of God? I'm hearing the mothers that didn't believe, they didn't see, brought their children to church. Now, what do you do? You can't do that. They went and said, I think we have anointing oil in this house. Took the anointing oil, laid it upon their children and said, you will live and not die. Two days later, the children are strong in Jesus' mighty name. I'm seeing a woman walking in their houses, laying their hands on their husbands and say, no, honey, we just got married. There's no way you're going to leave us now. Put your hands on the sick and they will recover. I need the church to shout. It's called a demonstration. She can tell you, I saw what Pastor Max did in the service. And then I went and I did it by myself. And when I laid my hands on my children, the power of God was also there. Come on, somebody. She just became a witness. Infallible proofs. A testimony. And nobody can take your testimony away. It's good for me to preach the message. But somebody has to become the witness. You're going to have to come into the crime scene. Watch what the Lord does this week. He's going to bring you on the scene. He's going to bring you in a place where you feel like you can't go anywhere. You know, the, the, the reason why God allows certain things to go through Ronaldo, the reason why God allows you to go through certain things is because, you know, when you had your options of going into the world, when you had your buddies, when you had your connections, when you know the, knew the way out, God would just sit and wait. God started asking me, I mean, we had this battle and this conversation with everybody for a while. When God told me to come and start the church, I said, oh, but money, I'll help you. God said, not in the kingdom. Not in the kingdom. You don't help me in the kingdom. My kingdom is here to help you. I said, okay, okay, Lord, I hear you, I hear you. I take 200,000 rand and I, 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 my savings. I put it aside. Okay, God, we're ready for the church. Yes, we're ready. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go, let's go. The Lord doesn't speak to me anymore. Until I ran out of that 200,000 rand funds. When I was broke, I went before him. I said, I'm in trouble. And you asked me to start this church. I don't know what we're going to do. He said to me, are you ready to go now? I said, yes, sir. He says, good. You got nothing so that you cannot take the credit and the glory for it. You can't threaten me by taking away speakers and whatever. I come from nothing. I come from having nothing. Two hands and a Bible. Not even a computer. Why did God do that? He took I had a huge contract with Microsoft in their call center, my own call center, to, to do their work. I mean, let's not even think about it. We forgive them. When I took them to court, I, was, I went to the lawyers. The Lord said to me, you're not allowed to touch it. Let them go. Forgive them. I said, but this is legal. They, they, I can do this. He says, I know you can. I'm saying not because I don't want you to waste your energy on this thing. Focus on the kingdom. I'll restore it. I'll let them pay back. 
Because the kingdom will have things added. God doesn't want you stressed with things. And so I, I quit on all of that. And God says, I mean, I thought I could put all the monies together and save some stuff. <laughs> what do you think this place is? The world you must save and have you all your policies in place and da-da-da-da. You know? And, and so they teach you and say, you must have a dignified funeral. The kingdom has come to give you a dignified life, man. A dignified life, man. A one that's got no worry and no anxiousness and no concern, man. This is the kingdom of God. Can somebody shout and say an amen? How can your life be worth more when you are dead than you are alive? At least my policies will pay out and everybody will be, and that drunk uncle is waiting right there and say, hey, we've waited for your death. I'm talking about the uncle, not talking about wives, eh, because sometimes you can have even the guys. The point is that God's not going to take the Shay's glory. You, 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 you will know whether somebody's trusting God or building their own kingdom. I watch them and it's like, oh, wow, that's nice. I see what you're doing. Got nothing to do with the kingdom. I watch them. I watch them. Because when you're standing at the cross and you've taken up your cross and followed him, you can pick up and find out the people that are really trusting God or not. It sounds real good. Good. You, you don't make your, your name great. Not in the kingdom. The kingdom makes you great. You've got to leave the results with God. You've got to trust him. Let me give you a scripture. Oh, Lord. Okay, let me, get, no, let me, let me move past this. It's really important. Let's get to the end. Because the Bible says, this message will be preached. You then become a witness. There'll be evidence. There'll be carts. It's not stolen from macro. But you can have evidence of the kingdom of God's working in your life. But then the end will come. Now I always preached about the end of an era and an age and all of that is correct. But I want you to see something this morning. That's critical for your understanding. Matthew 24 verse 14. Let's just read it one more time. Please read with me. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. In all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Here's what I discovered, Auntie Kay. I discovered before I accepted this kingdom message, it's been a journey. It's been a decade of trying to understand this kingdom because we were known as the Living Life Ministries before. Dr. Miles shows up, he changes the name of the church, Kingdom Life. We change the name. And when the name changes, the people scattered. Because the enemy, when it comes to this message, let me give it to you. The enemy, when it comes to this message, Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. Let me, let me explain this to you first, and then we'll come back to the end. It's not quite the end yet, so let's go and first preach a little bit. And when anyone hears the word of the kingdom... And does not understand it. Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. You mean to tell me, <laughs> the Bible speaks about not demons coming, but the devil himself. Anytime you start to preach the kingdom of God, son. 
The devil attacks you because it's the only place that he cannot control you anymore. The devil is afraid of one message only. Not the fact that you're saved. The fact that you will receive the message of the kingdom. Because it's a place of dominion and he loses all kind of control over your life. I was anxious and worried and, and worried about how we're going to build a church and what we're going to do. And all of that stuff is outside of the kingdom. A good sign to know that you're not in the kingdom is worry. Anxiety. The message is under attack because he doesn't want you to walk around with the evidence. Because when there's evidence in your life, revival breaks out. The devil gets excited when this message is preached. He wants to just shut you down. He wants to get you distracted. He wants you to tune out. He wants you to go and, you know, have some coffee and, oh, that was a nice little sermon. That's exactly where the devil wants you. Why? Because when the message comes inside of you, I mean, it breaks open everything concerning marriage, life, healing, wholeness, finances, future. Everything you're looking for is found in the kingdom. It's found not in the power. It's found in a message. I had angelic encounters. Got nothing to do with the message. Please hear me today. With the devil, it's all about control. He's after the message. He's not after anything else. Not your marriage, not your... He's after a message. Anytime you get this message and you hold it in your heart, he knows if this thing takes root and you become kingdom life, it produces life everywhere you go. There's evidence around you all the time. So the only way he can control, remember this, the Bible says the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. And anytime you're finding that the enemy wants to, uh, you want to break away from the control, the enemy sends his yard dogs, you know what I'm talking about, to control you in that place and threaten you, threaten your livelihood, threaten your future. He threatened everything. I, I you know, Dr. Miles came and um, then, you know, the building that we were paying 250000 and rent a month for, I'm, I'm praying in that place and, and the Lord says to me, uh, as I'm praying and I'm saying, Lord, we're we in trouble here. And the Lord gives me a, a vision I, I, as I'm praying in, in the sanctuary. A massive seed I see in the sanctuary. And I'm like, Lord, what is that? The Lord said to me, that's the message Dr. Miles came to drop here for you. He says, guard that seed with everything. Don't worry what's happening around you. If we lose the building, we lose the building. But hold on to the message. Because the enemy is trying to attack you so you can let go of the message. That message brought us here. That message took us across the globe. That message protected us at 12 o'clock at noonday. That message provided for us in a wilderness. That message took us to the courts and turned our situation around. That message is what the devil was after. Because when I stood and the people said, we're taking your land, we're taking your house, the Lord said, no. When the bank said, even no, we can't give you a bond for this place, God shut their eyes and God said, yes. Because you're in the kingdom of God, your days of rental are over, you are not going to rent anymore. You're going to walk as an owner because the earth is the Lord's. 
No more anxiety. Somebody say, no fear here. With the devil, it's all about control. And anytime you want to break free from the control, he gets mad. He doesn't want to see you walk in prosperity. You can sing all your songs, he don't care. You can sing your hallelujah, you can, you can do all your dance quirkies, and you can go on forever. Until you accept that kingdom message. You, you want to see your life come under attack? You've not seen anything yet because he'll come and he'll harass you to say, let go of that message. Let go of that thing. Takes my stuff, puts it out publicly. On a Monday morning, we got put out of that place. I'm like, how embarrassing is this? The Lord says, don't, don't worry about that. Because when you keep on to the kingdom message, you're going to get everything back. And you will not be anxious when you get it. I was worried about the stuff in the church over and over again. And God says, your days of worrying are over. That's what the kingdom brings in. Luke 4, 28. Jesus goes on to a fast. He's 30 years old. He goes on to a fast. He spends 40 days in the wilderness. He comes back. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He goes into the synagogue, opens up in Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, to bind up the broken hearted, to set the liberty of those that have been bound, and to proclaim the, the acceptable year of the Lord. Close the book, and everybody's staring at him. He says, today this, this, this is fulfilled in your hearing. So all those, read with me verse 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. And rose up and thrust him out of the city. And they led him to the brow of the hill. On, not hill brow. To the brow of the hill. On which their city was built. That well, it could have been hill brow anyway for us. <laughs> that they might throw him down over the cliff. And what does he do? Then passing through the midst of them. He went his way. They wanted to kill him because of a message. The enemy is trying to overthrow this message to this generation. And when you come into the kingdom of God, where you were anxious and worried and, and schizo and double-minded and all sorts of craziness that the world has, has defined, when you come into the kingdom of God, your mind becomes sound. You see things that others don't see. You have peace in the midst of every storm. You go with the Spirit of God. You're not just hopping here and hopping there. Why? Because when the kingdom is first, you end up with a sound mind. Passing through them. I don't know what thoughts are trying to overthrow and derail your destiny. I am telling you the kingdom message will walk right through them. I am telling you they're, they're plotting and planning to destroy your family and your future. I need a big shout and an amen because your kingdom thinking is going to walk right through them. Come on, somebody. Because when the kingdom thoughts come into a home, you can't touch my children. Come on, somebody. You can't destroy my destiny. You can't touch my money. And if that door shuts, uh, there's another door for me. And if you leave me, I got somewhere else to go to because the kingdom cannot be shaken. The kingdom cannot be stopped. You can't curse what God has blessed. I needed the church to shout a bigger amen because you are in a kingdom. You're gonna, I'm telling you, they might be plotting you, but you're going to walk right there and say, hey guys, we love you, man. Grace and peace to you. You don't hop into every argument and, oh, that one said that and, oh, that's what they think about me. Listen to me. The end 
shall come. What does that mean? It's the end of the enemy tormenting you. <laughs> Anytime you come to the kingdom of God, the end comes. The end, number one, to your ignorance. The end to poverty. The end to your religion. Listen to me. Adam never lost a religion. Adam wasn't given a religion. Adam was given dominion, a kingdom for him to function in under. Every heart, every mind is looking for this kingdom. Luke 16, 16, please. Luke 16, verse 16. If you can give that to me, it'll be great. What this world is looking for, they're not looking for this craziness and, and looting and the dysfunction in every nation. Everybody's looking for a kingdom. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, since John, John the Baptist stood and he said, repent because the kingdom is here. What does repent mean? It means to change your mind. You hold on to your Catholicism. You hold on to your Methodist way of doing things. You hold on to your religion. You hold on to your culture. You hold on to what the people believe about you. He says, when John the Baptist came, he rebuked all religious systems. Let me tell you, Jesus had no problem with the prostitutes. He had problems with the religious order. Because he said to them, you don't preach this kingdom. You don't allow anybody else, you don't go in. And you don't allow anybody else to come into this kingdom. Because you're not preaching this kingdom. Why don't you teach them about the kingdom so they don't come to you for answers anymore? Why don't you free them? He said, damn to hell. You, keeping the people out of the kingdom. Religious people are the worst. Because the kingdom will teach you and empower you to hear from God for yourself. And become a son and daughter of God. He made Adam that way. You're free to choose, man. No one's controlling you. Do whatever you want to do with your body. I mean, ask God, you know, don't. I mean, up to you. But the first thing about the kingdom of God, it, it gets rid of your inferiority complex. It gets rid of you trying to go and beg people and trying to carry favor with people. It gets rid of your ignorance. It's the end of ignorance. It's the end of poverty. It's the end of religion. It's the end of mismanagement of your life. Teach people the kingdom, man. People are said, when, when Jesus said, you know, my kingdom's going to be set up, they said, so, so tell us where you're going to set it up. Oh, it's found in Luke chapter, uh, Holy Ghost, help me here. Yeah? I got so much word for you. I got so much word for you. Please put up Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When people are lacking spiritually, 
They run to religious systems and they walk away disappointed. Because the religious systems don't give you the kingdom. Jesus said, anybody that's hungering and thirsting or is spiritually has a deficit spiritually, give them the kingdom. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Luke 17, 20. Now when he, asked, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. So they're saying, okay, we're hearing your kingdom. We're hearing you, king. Can we sit on the left and you're on the right? He says, hold up, hold up. Where is the physical place of your kingdom going to be? How are we going to now operate in this kingdom and we then don't, you know, we'd like to be a part of it and so we can also be a boss in a physical nation. Listen to what he says. When he, when, he, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with, does not come with observation. You're not going to see a physical place until Jesus returns. He says, while you're on the earth, nor will they say see here or see there. You can't take a flight there. You can't take a train there. For indeed the kingdom of God is within you. Now hear me, child of God. The kingdom is not after the earth. Because the earth is the Lord's. God wants this kingdom message to come into the heart of every man. Because when the kingdom that comes with no observation, it's a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom is in you. So what it does is, it then starts to fight against every kind of dysfunction around you. The reason why you don't steal is because there's a kingdom in you that says thou shalt not. The reason why you don't leave your house with clothes everywhere and dysfunction and dirty house and, and bragging upon the things that must be added is because you have a kingdom in you that brings order wherever you go. Listen to me when I say speak about the kingdom. When Adam woke up on the sixth day, the evening of the sixth day, when he woke up, he woke up in a place of order. He lost the order of the kingdom and he, his whole life became dysfunctional. The way God fixes the earth is that he fixes the man. He puts his kingdom, everything that you need is in the kingdom, but the kingdom's in you. And everything that you need to live a life of victory is already locked up inside of you. So it will fight against every kind of dysfunction that's happening around you. The kingdom will begin to speak about it and say, no, no, don't speak like that. No, 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 we don't steal. No, 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 we don't watch that. No, 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 we don't go there. The whole world is looking for a place that works. All governments are looking for a place. In fact, all people are looking for governments that work. You're not going to find it in the earth. You're going to find the government of heaven that's on in, the, in the heavens. That is the only place where there's peace and prosperity. That kingdom is planted inside of you. That's why when you sin now, it's not enjoyable anymore. Because the kingdom doesn't allow it. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you says you can't live like that. No, no, that's a poor choice. No, no, you've got to turn that off. No, 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 you've got to stop doing that. Because the, he's, he's dealing with the dysfunction. You're not like the world. I mean, how happy can you be that you say, look, man, 
tell these guys, make sure that there's other kinds of liquor as well that they, you know, when they load it up next month. So we can come again and shop again for free. What kind of dysfunction and craziness is that? What does that man need? He doesn't need a job. He needs the kingdom. When you look at somebody acting all crazy, soundness of mind, business, marriage, health, the kingdom, this message of the kingdom will be preached and then the end will come. Can I have the worship team up? It is the kingdom within you. It's the end. The kingdom is the end of your idleness. You tell me somebody who's waiting on the Lord. And I'll show you somebody who's not in the kingdom. Because the kingdom business is big business and we are busy. Every day. You show me somebody who comes up with nothing every month and, you know, I'm just waiting on the Lord. Your religious system has got to, you've got to drop it. Because everybody in the kingdom of God is fruitful. By this, our fathers glorify that you produce much fruit. Unfruitful people get fired. It's kingdom. Not religious systems. It's the end of your, your mediocrity when you enter into the kingdom of God. It's the end of your ungodly attitude. Maybe next week you get into Matthew chapter 5. He starts off his whole discourse of the kingdom dealing with your attitude. It's called the Beatitudes. There's an attitude in the kingdom that produces life wherever we go. It's the end of you living just a normal life. My time's up. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 11. The kingdom means it's the end of you being ruled, Ronaldo. People can't rule you anymore when you come to the kingdom of God. You submit because we have to, but nobody rules you. Your gift makes room for you. I submit to the order of God because I am plugged into a kingdom that's ordered. Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness. It's in God's power to make people great, man. In the kingdom of God, greatness comes from the kingdom. It's a kingdom principle, not a worldly principle. The power and the glory. The victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head over all. God can make you great in the kingdom. And God, if you follow after God, He'll lift you up. If you put the kingdom first and say, I don't care what the world is, the direction they're going. I'm not following after people's opinions. I have the kingdom in me and the kingdom is leading me. I will become a witness. I became a witness that you don't have to gamble to get rich. I became a witness that you can, you don't have to get drunk to have fun. I became a witness that you can remain a, a one-man woman and still be a man of God. I became, I brought an end, I've been a witness that the end of dysfunction came when we came into the kingdom of God. My home is in order. Come on, somebody. Your money is coming. The dysfunction in your money, the dysfunction in your bank accounts, the dysfunction in your friendships, the dysfunction that's been, a, it's coming to an end. The poverty is coming to an end. Come on. Your mediocrity is coming to an end. Your laziness 
it's coming to an end. The days of people ruling you, it's coming to an end. Come on, I don't know what you need to bring to an end. I don't know what you're asking. You could not finish a job. It was because of the kingdom Jesus could finish his assignment. Hallelujah. Let's stand, I'm done. The end of your ignorance. Lift your hands right now, the kingdom has come. It's an end to your poverty. It's the end to your religious jargon that you speak every time. It's the end of poor management. It's the end of a lack of leadership. Africa needs leaders. And every time you put these leaders up in there, they stay in there until they 150. Thinking they're going to live forever. We need righteous people in authority, man. Know how to train up others. When you come into the kingdom of God, they're saying, let's you know, stop gender-based violence. Put the man in the kingdom. You want to bring an end to gender-based violence? Put him in the kingdom. You want to bring an end to racism? Put him in the kingdom. End of false prophets. End of fake preachers. End of disorder and dysfunction. End of fear and stress. End of depression. End of your low self-esteem. End of jealousy. Here's a big one. It's the end of you looking for a job. Everything's found in the kingdom. This message of the kingdom must be preached as a witness and then the end will come. I don't know what you need must come to an end in your life. For me, the biggest one is that religion must be uprooted from people's hearts and minds. There must be evidence in your life. You rich. You're shouting yes and amen. Where? Where's the proof? That God is good. Where's the proof? That God can heal. Where's the proof? Whatever you need online this morning for God to do for you. I'm telling you, child of God, hear me, we've come to the end of the age where if there's no proof, you're going to have a problem. You might as well start working your faith right now, coming to the kingdom right now and experiencing the proofs that you're free from addiction, free from dysfunction. You can't fake it anymore until you make it. You faked it for the last 20 years. You can't fake it anymore. You lied to God, you lied to yourself, you lied to the people, everything around you showing that it isn't there. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. There will be evidence this year. The kingdom sons and daughters are rising up with evidence. We're coming back and saying, there's my tithe, there's my offering, there's my breakthrough, there's my house, there's the car debt free, there's the answer, there's going to be proof. I see you dragging wagon loads, not stolen goods. Wagon loads that the kingdom has supplied. Come on, kingdom strategies. Sons and daughters coming into their destiny. It's bringing the end to Satan's control over your life. The end will come when you accept the message and say, devil, no more. It's done. 
and it's over. I don't know what drama you want must end in your life. Stop praying for the drama. Stop praying about it. Pray that you can receive the message. Because when the message is received, the drama will end. Let me give you one. Jacob is about to die. Joseph brings his two boys. Ephraim and Manasseh. The reason, reason why you remember Ephraim because he also stands for E-fruitful. And Manasseh is drama. Says The firstborn was the drama I've been through. So the right hand must go on the drama. Jacob goes and switches his hands. He says, he puts his hand, which is the blessing, on E-fruitful, Ephraim. And he puts his other hand on Manasseh, the drama you've been through. God's brought me out of drama. He says, the problem is that when I put my hand on the blessing, that tells you who's going to lead it. The youngest was going to lead it because he was the one that was fruitful. He says, the way you deal with the drama of your past is become fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. That's a kingdom model. Because when I become fruitful, I don't wrap my life in drama. Oh, pastor, let me tell you how I had a problem. And then I became fat. And then my pants was too tight. And all sorts of drama around you all the time. Just become fruitful. The drama goes when you become fruitful. Come back with the evidence, man. The blessing is on the kingdom. When the kingdom is first, the drama is second. In fact, you will leave all that pain behind you because your life will be evidence that the kingdom is a real place. And then the drama comes to an end. Is somebody hearing me this morning? I'm done preaching. Hear me, child of God. The reason why you give a tithe and an offering, and I'm praying for anybody who doesn't know Jesus Christ, it's time for you to know Him. And those that have been saved, that have taken the kingdom message and just left it, you, 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 you don't have a choice but to pick it up. For this end times, there's only one message. You must understand how to deal with your life in the world. My time is up. But if you don't understand the kingdom, you will never understand the Bible and why Jesus came. Never. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you must be born again. He's the entrance to the kingdom. You must be born again, Nick. You come again through, get born again so that you can grab a hold of the kingdom and see the kingdom. I pray a blessing upon you that you would really come and see the kingdom for what it is and experience and become a witness and so that the end of your drama can be over. We speak an end to your troubles by picking up this message. This message of the kingdom must be preached. When you are giving, in your giving this morning, the Bible says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. It says, put the kingdom first. What is a tithe and an offering for? It's to show your affection of your heart and weight's position. My bank accounts are not first. My, my accounts are people that are, oh, I, they're not first. My priority, my desires, my fleshly desires, my own thing is not first. The kingdom is always first. 
and then these things are added. The Lord bless you in your giving. It's been awesome this morning to have a great time with you this morning. Online in your giving. The Lord bless and keep you. We're done preaching. The Lord watch over you, strengthen over you. The kingdom is a real place. His manifestation upon your life. You will smile all the days of your life. And when you get it right, you're going to dance like everybody else is dancing. That's in the kingdom of God. Because God saw it, He provided for it, and He placed you in it. This message of the kingdom must be preached. We love you. God bless you. Please share this with everybody. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you need prayer, we are here for you. God bless you. Amen and amen. <laughs>